What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Bag Talk, brought to you by Young and Nifty Productions. I'm going to be your sports host, Griffin Delapena, alongside Hunter Mazur, Brandon Batanzas, and Alec Frangetta. Guys, how are we feeling today? What's up? Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. So before we get into it, if you don't really know much about us, uh, obviously, I said my name is Griffin. I study sports broadcasting and journalism at Canisius College. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Brandon, tell I'm going to UB. No clue what for, no clue why, just going. Uh, <laughs> I go to GCC. I'm a communications major. I've done this on, I've done stuff on the radio before, so this is why I've been trying to get into something like this. But I write two for the GCC News Courier. I go to Fisher. I'm just bored, have nothing to do, so I thought this would be fun. Yeah, kind of getting into that. You know, we've obviously all had ideas of like getting into a podcast or things like that but we never found the right time and obviously with the current landscape in the world this is a perfect Mm -hmm. timing you know spring semester is almost done uh so yeah this is you know what we're gonna dedicate a lot of our time to and our goal is to give you guys various different sports and rap culture takes on relevant stories in the news and uh more about like what we expect this show to kind of be about and go for it's like we're looking we don't want to have a podcast that's like an hour and 30 minutes long because we understand like people are going to be busy uh and you might not have time for that like listening to that all the time and it's harder on our end too so we're looking like 30 40 minute length maybe like one to two episodes a week just to give you guys enough content that you can you know make informed decisions and have a good knowledge in both areas but we obviously are super uh, open to suggestions and take like fan involvement very seriously so you know in the comments section you can post whatever you want you know different different things that we're doing good that you like or things that you don't like but guys should we get into it let's do it all right so first i don't know if this is always going to be how we're going to do it but we'll probably start off with music first i think today you know that's just the biggest story so topic one In episode one, it's going to be Drake. The topic of it comes from, you know, obviously Dark Lane demo uh, tapes dropped last Thursday, May 1st, out of literally nowhere. You know, obviously some of the songs on the album have been leaked. You know, Chicago Freestyle, Desires, uh, I think a few others. What other ones were? Wednesday one was leaked on SoundCloud. Yeah, so there's been a few. was played on his Instagram. Yeah, that they've been leaked for a while. But, and I Pain mean, 1993 yeah, was everywhere. Yeah, that was that was leaked too. But, I mean, that's just the crazy thing about it is this seriously came out of nowhere. He just announced it five hours before it dropped. I was like, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm coming out with a, with a project. So really did come out of nowhere. Uh, this weekend, it's supposed to take over as Billboard's top one spot, uh, the throne in Kenny Chesney which is kind of crazy for an album with like throwaways <laughs> yeah. to literally go number one in a <laughs> week. Like that just shows like what he can do. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear you guys' take. A lot of people are saying, I personally said it too, that he's the GOAT like after this album. I just want to hear your guys' takes on that. Um, I think he's the GOAT. I think he's definitely the GOAT of our generation. Or like not the best rapper, best artist. Because he can do rap, R&B, just everything. Every single song is just versatile. He sings in all of them. Raps in all of them. He's be- I think he's better than Michael Jackson, Kanye. I don't even think it's close anymore. 
I mean, I don't think you can say that. I don't <laughs> think you can say. I'm being serious. Like, I actually don't think it's close. You can't say that Drake cemented himself as a goat with a couple throwaways. That wasn't even that good. He put throwaways in a out in a mixtape, and it's gonna go number one and sell more than any artist. Dude, he could drop a video of him, uh, the audio of him taking a shit, and it would go number one. <laughs> but that, that's that, the thing, though. That's the thing where I feel that's like that's the Drake effect. Gonna, I, I, it's, I can't deny goat, his though? superstar ability, but he, Kendrick his Lamar's a better rapper than him. Kendrick Lamar, I think I didn't say he's the best rapper. He's just yeah, the best artist. He's just the best artist, and I think that too. Like he's definitely the best artist of our generation in rap and R and B. Just based off what you said, like he is that popular that he can come out with an album of throwaways, and it's going to be the biggest thing in the news. I mean, Twitter was going crazy. It's obviously mm-hmm. doing very well. And it's not even like it's his best album ever. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it. It's not the greatest thing that he's ever came out with. But still, he that just shows that he has that type of fandom that he can go number one in everything. Like, everything he does. I agree. I agree. He's a superstar. Number one. Most popular person in the music game right now by far. Hunter, what are you thinking about it? Is it, is it, is it better than 95% of the albums dropped in 2020? Are we gonna go that far? Mm. I mean, that hasn't really I don't know. much, but for um, me, little baby is up there. I well, didn't really mess with Uzi that much this year. I like the Denzel Curry uh, unlocked. I mean, that's that's him freestyling across seven, eight songs too. So it's not what like like he put much into it either. But I don't know. I feel like music has been kind of weak this year. We're still waiting on a lot of mainstream drops, like Kendrick, J Cole is supposed to drop Drake again. Drake, Drake is supposed to drop yeah. this summer. A lot of mainstream drops we're waiting on. I guess the biggest mainstream drop is what? Eternal Take? Yeah. Probably, yeah. which was good. Waiting on Cardi, too, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's going to be trash, I think. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully. Speaking of Cardi, for uh, Pain 1993 to be the most anticipated song probably of the year, he ruined it. He really did. Facts. You think I he think did? Do you think he ruined it? it? I listened to it like five more times though, and like it got a little, got a little more catchy. But I think he still ruined it. I don't, I don't, I don't think Cardi was good at all on the album. But I don't think, I mean, on the song. But I don't think Drake was anywhere, anything nuts either. It wasn't a bit. It was catchy. That's just nothing. I really find myself coming back to. I don't think, and I've heard it forty times before it even came out. So. I just don't get what's up with Cardi, though. I mean, coming out in, like, 2016, 2017, he was one of the top up-and-coming guys. Like, he had a good sound. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, like, relatable. Different. Like, Young Thug, it was different. Yeah, it's different, and a lot of people have kind of gone to that wave. And we've been expecting something from him for about two years. And, you know, he comes out with this single about a week before. I can't understand a word he says. And then this <laughs> drops, and I just I just don't understand. I really – I don't get what's I guess – I kind of think he's getting played out. I feel like rappers like that, that you don't really know what they're saying, they kind of rap about the same things over and over again, just won't have longevity in the game, like, say, a J. Cole or a Drake. That doesn't, he, can, you know, he can rap, though. That's the thing. Like, he does it some in some songs. Yeah, he, I'm not – like, he's, yeah, a, he's a good artist. He's made it this far. He's He knows what he's doing, but I don't know. I just don't think he'll be a mega yeah. star like he is now for too much longer, in my opinion. So to end that topic, I think we're kind of all in agreement that he might not be the goat of like all music, but I feel like there's a, a firm adjustment that like he's probably the most popular guy in the game. That and could make him a goat. Just yeah, just based on the fact that he's the best of our generation, and I think yeah. that's the thing. Like we've been listening to this guy for over a decade, doing mm-hmm. being so versatile. Like like you said, you know, he can be changing his flows in R and B, but he can also rap at the same time. He gets the best features, and I think that's what makes somebody a goat. But Moving on, Al, 
Talk about a little bit of the Chris Brown Young Thug album. Yeah, uh, Young Thug, a.k.a. Young Sex, and uh, <laughs> Chris Brown come through with um, Slime and B. We're going to go through, I want everyone to rank it out of 10. I'll give my little insight on what I think about it. First of all, I did see that Thug recorded all of his verses in a day, which, I mean, yeah. after listening to it, didn't exactly su- surprise me. He wasn't really saying much. Um. But just to start out, I like the first song. It's all right. The, I think the instrumentals throughout the whole throughout the whole album are really are really strong. But when like I get like I said, I feel like they're kind of doing the same thing on every song. But animal animals a beautiful song. Great concept. It's kind of them talking about they're like over all this partying, this whole like us rapper lifestyle, partying, drugs, alcohol, sleeping around, stuff like that, which I kind of thought was a little weird since young thug calls himself young sex like every song it's true but i mean it's young thug but yeah um i i gave it a six i think it's decent it's kind of what i expected it's nothing that's gonna like it's hits but it's nothing that really went too deep if if you know what i mean what do you think brandon i gave it like six six and a half probably after like i listened to it like three times Mm, i like go crazy city girls she bumped her heads pretty good yeah, it's a great song. I think Chris Brown did good on the whole album. I don't, Thug did good, but just not on every single song I heard. Mm-hmm. What you, Griff? Kind of like what Brandon said. I gave like a six and a half, seven. I don't think, and that could be a little generous. Like, I think, it, like you said, it's a good concept for sure. It's just something I would expect out of them. Like, they didn't get out of their comfort zone, do anything different. Uh, it's filled with songs that I personally wouldn't like put in a playlist and want to listen to on my own. But I was thinking like if I was at a party and I heard those songs, I'd vibe to it. Like I'd be happy about it, but it's not something that I would want to listen to on an everyday basis, I guess you could say, but she bumped her head. I think that's a good song. I think it's a fire concept too. Slime and B. I think it's pretty dope enough. Yeah. Yeah. But my my favorite songs, um, undrunk E40 best verse on the whole album. I'm saying right now. (laughs) Too short came through with the fire verses versus, uh, too short though you're an idiot um i like she bumped her head animals a really good one trap back really strong beat i like the major nine feature good hook he put through but yeah let's move on from that and um now we have kid cuddy his first number one song with uh travis scott the scots um it's actually only his second top 10 hit in his career, which is it's actually surprised me. I always would have thought Day and Night, Pursuit of Happiness, even Reborn would have been in the, even at least in the top ten. Well, I, well, Day and Night was, but at least would be a number one. But is is it does it make sense that the Scots is his first number one? Because I feel like that's nowhere close to his best song he's ever made or anything. I think it or I think it's because it's Travis. Because Travis has gotten so big. Yeah, he's got- Fortnite legend. Facts. <laughs> three. He has three number ones now. Just 2018, 19, and 20. A number one each year. So yeah, Travis is up there. Cuddy He's on real... it. He'll get him a number one. He's yeah, but like very happy for Kid Cudi. I've been a fan of Kid Cudi for a real long time now, and honestly, I didn't even really know they didn't have a number one song. Kind of surprised me when I first saw it, but happy for him. I was surprised all his classics haven't got a number one. Exactly. Everyone, like everyone knows Kid Cudi. Like day and night. Like that song was everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I just think it was weird too. Like I was trying to think of like why he hasn't had the success that his song should like in the billboards. 
I was thinking too because he he came up obviously in like the late two thousands, and that's when like Kanye, Jay Z, Eminem were huge, and they were taking over everything. So I feel like that could kind of be why he never got like that number one song because they were always coming out with stuff. And I feel like he was kind of like before his time. Like his flow was yeah. a lot more something that we listen to now. There Agreed. weren't really many guys at the time that were talking about the things that he was talking about and rapping the way he did. Yeah, people were never as open about being like depressed like he was on music. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel like, but yeah, I love Kid Cudi. I'm very happy for him. He went through a lot. And look at him now. He's I, I, hopefully they're dropping a mixtape. It seems like yeah, I saw that. I think they're they're probably will. To be honest, I think they're gonna. I hope so. I mean, they, they, I think they work well together. Scotts is a good name. For yeah, mixtape. Yeah, Scott Miscuddy, Travis Scott. Yeah. But um, let's move on to uh, Joey Badass. It was on talking to Source Complex yesterday or a couple days ago, and he was talking about ideal album lengths. He said. I hate when MFs put out an album longer than 14 songs. Bro, keep that shit. I don't care if it's Michael Jackson. I am not listening to 25 <laughs> songs. What? How do you react to that? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? What do you think? I feel like if an artist can go 20 songs and have them all be like really good, why wouldn't I listen to them? Especially if I like the artist. Yeah, if you like him, it's a different story for mm-hmm. sure. If it's like if it's Drake or Lil Baby for me, my two favorite, I'm listening to a 40-song album. I don't care. I agree. Like. like I could listen to a 40-song Kendrick or Kid Cudi album, but I feel like a lot of rappers nowadays aren't interesting enough. Yeah, if it's like... To be... For me to want to listen to them for 25 straight songs. Like, think of Culture 2. Could have been... It was trash, but maybe say they slim it down to 13 songs. It's a pretty good album. And that's the thing. for a lot of albums. Yeah, like with the new wave of rappers, I feel like that's their go-to thing is coming out with three albums a year with 20 plus songs just for the money alone like they're just putting those songs in there as Mm -hmm. fillers just so they can make more money and they're talking about the same things and they're two minute songs like it just gets old and it's different from like the guys that are at the top of the game like like you said kendrick drake j cole they take their time and that's just going to cement their legacy as like the goats of our generation like we were talking about earlier because they're actually taking their time and working on stuff and talking about a good message whereas these other people like the baby's last album like what was that like you don't need to come out with something just because we're in quarantine i just (laughs) yeah i don't know it is nice of them though it is yeah like (laughs) i appreciate it i I like the song with roddy rich so like even scorpion i mean you guys are all three huge drake fans you could admit that there's a few songs he could have left off yeah he could have left off ratchet happy birthday but it's all good oh good yeah that song is pretty kind of iconic though when you think about it that song (laughs) everyone knows that song it's a little fire it's like known for being bad yeah so uh, i think (laughs) yeah i do i do agree though like i I did some research on like joey badass's albums and like his mixtapes and stuff and the longest project that he had was 17 songs on before the money so he can't say this. That's a classic, though. He can't say that. Like, <laughs> at least it would have been different if he had, like, something with, like, yeah. 24 songs. I'd be like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? But I think 12 yeah. to 14 songs, though, is probably, like, the best length to have. What do you think about all them Kanye albums, seven songs? Did you like that or not enough? Like, the Kanye, yeah. Designer, Pusha T, Nas dropped a seven-song album. Kanye's I don't know. I feel like that's albums. maybe a little short. I think, like, yeah. 10 to, like, 15 is perfect. Like, yeah. yeah. If it's in the single digits, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're, you either don't have enough ideas or your concept is just not there. I don't really. Mm-hmm. I don't really. But it's impressive that Pusha T dropped a seven song album and it's like, 
mm-hmm. pretty much known as one like t- even like a top two that is, album that is from album. last year. Hey, Pekka. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye's la- latest album's terrible, though. His seven song one. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't think Ye was that bad, but Jesus is King and just not really my style. Uh, I just don't really go to church much. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give him credit, though, because it shows that he can do that. He's like, it's sold. Yeah, it's sold. There's like church music and it's sold. Exactly. That's like, it's Kanye. It's going to sell. Like, if Drake put it on a gospel album, it'd sell too. It's just just Drake. You know? That's true. So should we get into this the sports now? Are we all good on that? Yeah, I don't really have anything else for music. Yeah. And that's kind of what we can expect here is like, you know, four four to five like good quality uh topics for sports and that or for music rather. And sports obviously, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more. But uh yeah, getting into it, obviously all of us are huge baseball guys and you know, the only sliver of baseball that we have right now is the KBO. I mean, it's kind of taken over in South Korea. The Korea Baseball Organization is kind of big, obviously, over there. But now with ESPN buying the rights to televise their games, granted, they're at like 530 in the yeah, morning. Right. So, like, not really going to watch them. But it's a good thought. Uh, I think it's definitely something different, you know, not something that's in your country and you're you're going to follow it because that's literally all that you have. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited about it, too. Yeah, but. for the people at home that don't know the teams or want to get involved, want to have a favorite team, here are the team names because that's probably all you're going to base it off of who <laughs> you want to root for. So you got the the Doosan Bears, the Kia Tigers, the LG Twins, the Lotte Giants, Samsung Lions, Hanwha Eagles, SK Wyverns, interesting, Kiwoom Heroes, the NC Dinos, and yep. the KT Wiz. Yep. Guys, who I are we am, rocking with? Who who are we liking? I am a Dinos fan with Alec. I think Dinos District, six, baby. Let's go. Dino Dingers. Dub. They're Where's, also known as Dino Dingers. Did you see the mascot? The, the mascot is cute. What a beast. <laughs> it's pretty cute. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Hunter's been awesome. batting his life away on the Dinos. <laughs> um, Brandon, I who are you liking? Who are you liking out of those? I don't know. I don't really know. I'm probably going to watch some highlights, pick a team. That's what – I kind of watch highlights, and I just picked the Giants because I saw cool, yeah, I saw a walk-off home run, and they have a few guys that used to be in MLB. So I was like oh. – you know, yeah. I picked the Dinos strictly off the name. The name alone. <laughs> that is a great I, name. I was going to go with the LG Twins because I'm a Jared, Jared Carabas ride or die, and that's who he's rocking with. But the Dinos, I just couldn't get, I just couldn't get that mascot out of my head. I just had uh, to be my team. I'll probably go with whoever Hunter doesn't bet on, so he loses all his money. Um, I had uh, $5 left, so I figured I would put it on South Korean baseball, and it's been a great time for me so far. You won anything? I'm like, I don't bet much, but well, yeah, we're up. We're up. All we need to know. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason why that I brought sucks. it up is Hunter brought or Hunter found a quote that I thought was like really interesting. And it says, in MLB, bat flips have long symbolized disrespect. In South Korea, they are art. How do these alternate worlds exist, and what do they say about us? The first take that I have about it is I think that this is a prime example as to why the MLB does not have, like, a young following. Like, it's all older men that are older in age. Like, you don't have a good following from their younger generation. They'd rather watch, you know, the NFL, the NBA, because it's not so traditional, and it's modern, and it's different. 
Whereas the MLB just simply hasn't adapted to that. Like Mike Trout is your biggest star. And even if you walk, even if you ask like 10 sports fans and you show them a picture without a Jersey and say, who is this guy? I guaranteed half of them don't even get it right. And he's mm-hmm. could go down as the best player of all time. Like that's a problem. I agree. Because if you know. show a picture of LeBron James, I mean, most likely everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't honestly like. I don't think like bat flip should be disrespect. It's just like you're excited. You hit a freaking dinger. Like yeah. honestly, in my sorry excuse for a baseball career, if I ever hit a home run, I would have done a hell of a lot more than flip my bat. Like a lot. <laughs> it would have been bad. So you know, I, like I think it's cool. Jose Batista, that was my following picture for a while. Yeah. I don't want to live in a world where there's no bat flips. Yeah, I mean, this is coming from a pitcher too. Like Hunter and Brandon, like you guys pitched. You no wait, what did I say? So un, un, includes unlimited oh, okay, minutes. Good. Never okay. mind. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys Edit are pitchers. That. You've given up home runs before. Like from you guys, it has to be a part of the game. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, I gave up a moonshot, and I thought it was pretty cool out of Dwyer. <laughs> that was a shot. I did call like, it probably seven hundred feet. Yeah, that was a no doubter center field. I've never had a I've never had a bomb like that hit off me, but it's definitely not a good feeling. It's not watching, especially when as like from a pitcher's perspective, if you see a guy bat flip, like that's just the worst feeling ever. But as a hitter, that's sick. Like I don't want to. I need bat flips. But you just hit like a moonshot off him, like. Like, that's like disrespectful in expect? itself. Like it's like when someone cracks you in football, they're gonna freaking hit the money dance over you. Like it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is like I feel like it's a weird double standard between like hitters and pitchers. Like pitchers can celebrate, and that's okay to them, but hitters don't like it. And then hitters are gonna bat flip, and the pitchers won't like it. So I just think you should suck it up, and it's gonna be a part of the game. It'll make the game more fun to watch if you see yeah. people bat flip all the time. Even like guys like Amir Garrett, like he's one of the best young relievers in the game. He got a cock shot hit off him from Acuna, a walk-off dinger, and he was like, I'm okay with it. Like that's going to be a part of the game. If I'm going to, you know, be emotional and do that sort of stuff, you kind of got to expect it. Like you said with the uh, baseball fans that are like older, I think guys like Juan Soto and Tim Anderson, them like – running with their bat to first base or chucking their bat towards the dugout, like that'll bring a younger audience, especially if baseball is the only sport that's being played this summer. I think Soto, Soto yeah. himself will bring in a younger audience because he's entertaining. Yeah, and even like Acuna, a lot of the young guys are going to bring a flair that we haven't seen before. But Hunter, I'm glad that you brought that up about baseball being like one of the only things that we could have this summer because uh, two days ago, Trevor Plouth, former third baseman for the twins out of nowhere came out with a tweet with confirmed sources saying that we're going to have baseball regular season baseball by July 1st, which I think is kind of crazy to be honest with you that we're going to do that, but more about it. Spring training 2.0 that they're going to call just to get, you know, pitchers and hitters acclimated again. We'll start June 10th, give them like a two and a half week window to get ready for a tentative July 1st start. And obviously, you know, we haven't had any baseball since March 12th. So that kind of gives them a good time in the spring training to, you know, for pitchers' arms to get loose again. Because if you just went right into it, the whole pitching staff would be on the DL. So, yeah. Are they still going to play a full 162 or what? 
and that's the thing. So what's the proposition right now is it's going to be like a hundred game season with three divisions. So three 10 team divisions, which mm-hmm. will, would be different. And that's obviously going to extend the postseason to different teams that you wouldn't see before just with the rebranding. I saw like, I'm pretty sure like the three worst teams in the league, like the Orioles, Tigers, and Pirates are all in the same division. So that would obviously create not a normal scenario. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I saw today, a tweet was that because of like the shortened season and stuff that they could eliminate instant replay just for the flow of games and just put everything back on the umpires, which I think is pretty interesting. And then home teams would be allowed to play in their respective ballparks without fans, of course. And then, you know, down the line that could be opened up again, but that's how they're going to start. So with everything I just said, do you guys think that this proposal is like realistic or is it too soon? Like what are you guys thinking about it? I think, I think it'll work. I think it's going to be needed almost because we all have nothing and we're all bored. So I think this will be really good for the whole country. And then, the um, Dodgers and the Astros, they're going to be playing each other like once every two weeks, and you know what's happened with them. So it'll definitely mm-hmm. cause some good baseball. I think it'll give MLB a lot more um, publicity if they're the only sport out. The TV numbers will be insane for them. So I think it's big if they do it. Because yeah, they need more than any sport. I agree. I, I would say send it. Like, Baseball is not a sport where you're all over someone hitting someone, guarding someone. Like it's not like as close contact as like football or basketball. And if we can test everyone and none of them have it, just go no fans, send it. Why not? And that's the one thing that I find interesting is what would the precautions be if someone on a team gets it? Do they not play? You know, do do, do they have It'll to shut quarantine down. for two weeks? Like what would that be? Your your season's over. Like I I think that'd mm-hmm. be interesting to see from this point forward, but. Hopefully we can get the baseball that we want to see shifting into the NFL draft. So now, you know, we have a little bit of time after two weeks removed from it, which seems like a really promising and deep draft class. Uh, There are a lot of storylines, you know, from the Dolphins and Chargers and Bengals getting their franchise guys. Uh, Some new teams emerged as like contenders and that they're on the rise while other teams like the Packers and Patriots seem like they're plummeting. So, Let's t- let's start with what you think your favorite team did. So obviously, me, Alec, and Hunter are all Bills fans, and Brandon's a Giants fan. So let's just talk about what you were happy with with your favorite team's draft. I wanted the Giants to get um, Isaiah Simmons first because he plays three positions, just a monster. But they got a tackle, so it's good yeah, for Saquon. Danny Jones helps a lot, mm-hmm. so I'm happy with them. They got the safety. So they don't even need Simmons from Alabama. So hopefully he's something special. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills did great. Um, pretty much, I guess we got Diggs with their first pick, essentially, which is going to be huge. I mean, sometimes I'd rather have a receiver that's already we know is going to turn up in the NFL. We know is going to be good versus we would have taken a receiver at what we have twenty two anyways, twenty one. Yeah. yeah, twenty three. So, so like I think that was good. I think Zach Moss is going to be really good alongside um, Singletary. I see, like, he's the next Brandon Jacobs, I'll say it right now. Brandon Bass is going to be the next Greg Zerline. He's kicking 65-yarders off one step. It's impressive. 50-yarder without a step. 50-yarders off no step. It's impressive. Hunter, you got anything about the Bills drift? I thought that 
the addition of Moss is definitely good. He's definitely going to be like a third back or a third down back guy. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of confused on the uh, Jake Fromm pick. Don't know where what we're going to do with that. Is he going to have a role? Okay, I want to get into this deep. So obviously, like I'm a really big draft guy, so I have like deep analysis for every pick. But we'll start with Fromm. This is the first hot take on bag talk right here. I am a fan of Jake Fromm. I think <clears throat> before this all happened. So I first started like knowing who Jake Fromm was about a few years back when Netflix dropped the QB one beyond the lights or whatever that series was called. I remember watching. I was like, I like this guy goes to Georgia has a great freshman year. Saw like a little bit of improvement in the sophomore year. And then he just plummeted last year. I believe that he will fit a good role with the bills or just any backup role in general, just because he's a game manager. Like you don't have to expect him to go out there and just have like a rocket arm, like Allen. And that's all he has. Like this guy can manage a game. He can come in in any scenario at any point in the game, just based off his instinct and smarts alone. uh, You know, I think honestly, he should be the backup this year. Because he's just a cheaper and younger version of Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley does the same exact thing that Jake Fromm does. He's not a guy that's going to wow you. He's not a guy that, you know, is going to be your favorite. But he's going to get the job done. And I feel like if the Allen experience doesn't pan out in the next two, three years, with him, with Jake Fromm being as smart as he is and taking that backseat role and learning as much as he can, I think that he could potentially have, like, a good career as either – you know, a starting NFL quarterback or like one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not the biggest Jake Fromm fan, but like I was more looking at it as if he would go into a starting role in the NFL. Like I kind of figured mm-hmm. he would, that's who was going to take him. But I think him starting out as a backup is, just, is good for any rookie quarterback. Even Joe Burrow could use a year as a backup. It would it could be even better. Yeah, but, even like Herbert, you know, that'd be mm-hmm. good for him too. But I think with the way Allen plays, we kind of need a decent backup, like a good backup, because like he's just out running, trying to jump over people and run people over. Like he's gonna get hurt bad sometime. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit it, I love the command, but like the way he plays, we need a good backup. So I think Fromm's a good pick there. We got good value for him, but I I just don't think he's starting. He's a starting quarterback yet. But weren't the uh, Patriots after that? Weren't they? Didn't they have a pick after that Bills pick where they picked from? Yeah, so they, maybe, maybe the Bills saw Patriots are going to snag him and they wanted they wanted him at some point, so they just took him. Because the day after, I saw a quote and it said that it was Belichick, I think, and he said that we didn't draft, we didn't not draft a quarterback on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, saw that too. And I think that that definitely had to do something with because before the draft, there were rumors of him going in like the second round to them, you mm-hmm. know, if he fell to them. But uh, they obviously have a plan there in New England, but. I just want to get like a little bit Tank more insight Trevor. on the Bills picks. I think that Espenza is going to fit the role in Buffalo good. He's obviously oh, a yes. good blue-collar worker. 6'5", 280 pounds coming off the outside. Uh, you know, before this, he was going to go to the Bills in a lot of mock drafts when we still had our first-round pick. So you're getting first-round value late in the second round. And even around this time last year, I, I just remember looking at mock drafts at the time. He was like a top five overall pick last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that getting that value, you know, you just kept seeing him fall and fall and fall. And he definitely doesn't fit the schemes of a lot of the more modern 
NFL defenses just because he's not going to be a speedster on the outside. He's just going to be a bruiser, and he's going to get the job done. I don't think he's going to have crazy sack numbers, but I do think he will put up good production on the line. Uh, Like you guys alluded to, I think Zach Moss will be a good addition filling that power back role for Frank Gore. Uh, You know, 1,400 yards as a senior over that mark, averaging like six yards a carry in the past two years, and he's had 26 touchdowns during that time. So he's obviously a beast. He can kind of catch the football too, so that will be interesting because, you know, the problem with Frank Gore, couldn't catch a football. They were loading the box on him every single time he stepped on the field. So that'll, you know, open the defense up a little bit more. I found the receivers really interesting too, just based on the fact that, you got a guy like Gabriel Davis out of UCF and Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State that are a good combination of size and speed, something that we obviously did not have last year mm-hmm. with a receiving core under six foot tall. Uh, so I thought that was good value. Like you said, I think Bass could easily um, beat Hauschka for the kicker's job just because he has a boot. You know, every time Hauschka went out on the field, I was holding my breath because even if it was a 40 yarder, it's not accurate, doesn't have the leg that it used to. I think Bass wins the job. And then even with their last pick, Dane Johnson, you needed another corner. Who knows? He could turn out to be something good. So. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Josh Norman project doesn't work out, you got this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It'll be good. So now going into – we talked about our favorite teams. What do you think was the best draft class in the league for you guys? What are you thinking? I had to go Detroit with the, uh... the Detroit Lions. Wow. Detroit okay, I Lions. want to hear about that. I want to hear about that. It's a that. hot take. Lions got the best tight end in the draft. It's a weak tight end class, but they got the best one. They got the best running back. Well, I mean, they got the best tight end. doesn't make sense. They have a starting tight end, but they got him. <laughs> they got the best running back in DeAndre Swift, in my opinion. They got on Johnson. doesn't make sense, but they got him. <laughs> and just Jeff Okuda, the best corner in the draft. I think, I'll say this right now, Lions 10-6 and six next year. They're going to make the playoffs. Wow. 10 and six. That is a hot take. That's a hot take. I don't, I don't know if it's hotter than your Jake Fromm take or Brandon saying Drake's better than Michael Jackson, but. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some spicy takes. All right. It's Hunter, hot. What are we thinking? What's your favorite draft? I would have to say with my favorite draft was the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Their, okay. weakest, their weakest spot last year was running back. And they added that piece. Who should have been the, running, who should have been the Super Bowl MVP, though? Damian Williams should have been the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Yeah, throughout the and season, I should have won two thousand dollars because of that, but no. Oh, but yeah, that was their subject. That was their that was their weakest position. Oh no, I agree. And He's they not still added it. I'm gonna say the Bengals just because they got Burrow. I think he's gonna be the next up by far. I think he's just ridiculously good. Up to fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. had the first pick in every round, and they didn't overthink. That was like the biggest thing that I thought that they did a good job with is that they got good talent that fell to them. But I have to go with my favorite draft, the Indianapolis Colts, because they used their first rounder for DeForest Buckner, so they already know they're getting a good defensive tackle there. Then with their two early second-round picks, you get Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, and then you get Jonathan Taylor. And both of those guys are going to be impact day one starters, in my opinion, that can produce. And then another really interesting pick that I thought was Jacob Eason. Uh, They got him in the fourth round, I believe. And the weird thing with him is, is him and Fromm actually battled at Georgia together. Fromm beat him out. Uh, Easton goes to Washington, has a pretty good collegiate career, but didn't have like that drive or motivation to do anything more. And I think he's in probably the best quarterback room 
in the league based off the fact that he has Philip Rivers, a forever veteran. He's been in the league for like 15 years. 20 years now. And then Jacoby Brissett, too, who's arguably probably the best backup in the league. That is something where he's doesn't need to produce early on. He can just sit back, learn, be the third stringer, maybe even be a practice squad guy, and just learn. And, you know, maybe four years down the line, even if he's not with the team, like he could potentially, you know, be a good quality quarterback. How long is Rivers' deal? A year? Yeah, he just signed a one-year deal. So I bet if he if he's feeling all right, he'll probably play another. Who knows? So now let's talk about our worst draft. And I feel like we're kind of in consensus with these. But, Hunter, what was your least favorite draft? Has to be the Green Bay Packers. They mm-hmm. gotta give they gotta give Rogers weapons. He's never had that first round pick that has turned out for him and kind of sucks for the guy. He's one of our like one of the goats of our generation at quarterback. It really is. Brandon, what are you thinking? Probably agree with Hunter here because they got Jordan Love, make Rogers feel like feel like an absolute trash can. <laughs> and then they didn't get him anything. They yeah. got a backup for Aaron Jones, makes me a little upset. Because I got Aaron Jones in the Dynasty League, and I don't want him losing any snaps. Yeah, like when you you want to get your franchise quarterback weapons, you don't get a running back that's literally a cookie-cut version of Aaron Jones in the second <laughs> round. You yeah. probably should get a receiver in one of the when they, deepest receiver classes that we've had arguably ever, and you don't even address that. I think that was the biggest thing where they went wrong. Even like trading up to get love, there was no other team other than the Patriots, and we weren't sure what they were going to do. And they traded up to go get Jordan Love when you were just one game out of the Super Bowl last year in your head coach's first year. I mean, I just don't really understand that. You should want to build success now, not rebuild for the future. So even they, they got like a tight end, uh, Josiah DeGuria, who's like a complete reach. And they got him in the third round and a lot of mocks were having him going like the fourth and fifth. So I just, I don't know what they were thinking there at all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to keep piggy piggybacking off the, we all know the Packers had the worst draft, but I want to talk about the um, Raiders first round. If we're talking about reaches, I think rugs being the first receiver off the board is a reach that corner. They took in the, tw- in the in one of the, whatever their 20, whatever pick was, yeah, that was a reach. Mm-hmm. But I think they're, Ruggs is the first res- yeah, they had a good draft, but they just had a lot of picks. Yeah. But Ruggs in the f- was being the first receiver really surprised me. I don't think he's close to being the best in the class. Maybe mm-hmm. the- it's a Tyreek Hill effect. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. Who do you I think, think should have went first? First receiver, they should have went? Yeah. I think C.D. Lamb is the best receiver in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. I think Cowboys, I-, I can't believe that that fell into their laps at 15, getting C.D. Lamb. I know. I feel like at that point, you just could not take them. Like, it'd just yeah. be stupid. To, even though they didn't even really need them. I mean, obviously, anyone could have mm-hmm. used them, but they need them less than a lot of other yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Broncos. Broncos had a really good draft. Yeah, yeah a lot of weapons for Drew Locke. That's that's my X-Factor team. I think Drew Locke's going to have a really good year next year. Panthers went seven rounds, all defense. I like that, too. That's really filled a lot of holes. Good d- defensive tackle and Derek Brown. Got a good D end. I, I don't know. I think they had a good draft too. I like what they're doing down in Carolina. They're not going to win the division this year, but no. that division is crazy. But maybe in a few years, once Teddy Bridgewater gets used to playing there, I think they could be a playoff team. I think Absolutely. Teddy will be good. 
So I think we have to move on. We can probably talk about this all day, but let's shift into the NBA. So talks have surfaced about a fall return for the 2019-2020 season. If that comes back, what do you think are the biggest storylines going to be of this season? You know, we've heard for about, you know, over a month and a half, almost two months now. You know, originally it was supposed to get pushed back to June, then July, now the fall. So, I mean, it couldn't, maybe it won't be reliable at all. Maybe the season will just get cut short. But what do you think are going to be the biggest storylines if the season returns? I bet if since they're pushing it back so far, they definitely want to play with fans there. Because I feel like if they really wanted to, they could start at the same time I will be started. I mean, travel, bring 12 players, a couple coaches. Don't travel too too many people at once. But I don't know. It's going to suck that KD's back. Yeah, I think he'll be back in the fall. It'll be KD and Kyrie fully healthy. That'll be be fun to watch them against the Bucks. Hunter, what are you thinking? So you guys know I'm a big LeBron guy. Oh, the yeah. LeBron, LeBron Jordan debate. So if the season was short, shortened or if the play mat, playoff format was changed, then I feel like people would say that the title isn't worth the same as all the other titles. Worth more than the if, if LeBron LeBron's won it. Titles, if LeBron won it they're yeah. worth more than the Warriors titles with KD. Yeah, that's true. No, I think I think I don't know if that'll have anything to do with it because they're only short in the regular season. Not shortened in the playoffs. Yeah, they but go right still, I mean, that's the weird thing, though, with the regular season. And everyone's going to be healthy other than them, too. So, like, yeah, but it'll that's be harder the, for them. That's what's weird. So, like, think about the Lakers. They just had two great momentum wins. They beat the Bucks and the Clippers. Probably yeah. their two biggest, you know, um, like, teams that could take them down. But that's the point of the season where you run on all cylinders. You know, the players are in their best shape. They're getting ready for the postseasons. Their mindset's changing. And then having this long hiatus, like I think that that could seriously change that. And then you have a guy like LeBron that's been there so many times where I don't think it matters for him. When you have younger teams that haven't really gelled together, haven't been there all at the same time, Mm -hmm. I believe that that could kind of change the outcome for things. So I personally think regardless of the break and even towards now, I think LeBron's in prime position to get his fourth title win one for the Lakers personally. Yeah, that, that, that team is like inseparable. They're all like best friends. Yeah, the, their chemistry is through the roof. Play together. I don't see this break really affecting that team too much. But lastly... That's just LeBron, though. He just brings people together. He just yeah. knows how to keep, keep a team together. Absolutely. So last, you know, something fun. Obviously, it's hard for a lot of these bigger um, organizations and sports to come out with good quality content because you know there's no sports so ESPN came out with like a a fun little article about the top 74 jerseys in NBA history now this was a collaboration of a lot of different writers but um, first off I mean we've all looked at it I can put the link to the article in the description Uh, do you guys think like the ranking was good in general yeah, I probably could really only think of one jersey that should have been on there, but for the most part, I thought it was strong. It kind of went with the uh, all-time teams approach as compared to, like, jersey look. Cause yeah, very top, traditional. Yeah, the top three jerseys were uh, Lakers, like Celtics, jerseys, and yeah. Bulls. They're plain jerseys. Yeah, very yeah. historic. Brandon, what did you think about it? I think it could have been probably changed, like, better-looking jerseys, like how Hunter said, because the top three were just the plain yellow Lakers, nothing special. 
so getting into that, you know, I've asked this question earlier, but we're obviously all fans of like more flashier jerseys. Yeah. Give me your top five that were in the ranking that you personally thought that should have been the top five or your personal top five. All right. I got the, um, the magic, the Orlando magic when they had T-Mac with the stars on it. I think it was, yeah, 71 says right here. And then the one that the jazz wore the, I think, I don't know what they were called, but they're like, just like the red, yellow, and then mm-hmm. black at the bottom. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like 53. I thought those were fire. And when AI played his black Sixers jerseys with like the shooting basketball, it looks like mm-hmm. those are fire. When LeBron was on the heat, all black, like it was like shiny. It looked fire to me. And then the Raptors purple in the front and then black in the back with Vince Carter, the dunk champ that year. That one's fire for me. That's a classic. All right. Uh, my number five was number 66, the Baby Blue Buffalo Braves. I picked this one so I will forever petition for the NBA to come back to Buffalo. And this, that Baby Blue is so clean. And then number four was the Phoenix Suns 1990s black jerseys. That was ranked number 11. I've been eyeing this uh, Steve Nash <laughs> uh, black, the same jersey. Steve Nash at the, at the Galleria in one of those little shitty uh, – sports stores it's 130 bucks <laughs> so like i'm waiting to splurge on it but <laughs> then just those vancouver grizzlies number 24 i don't know i just love those i don't really have any significance towards them i have no reason to like them i just like them a lot then the uh teal pinstripe charlotte hornets i think the baby wore it in the under the sun video and it's awesome and that, that jersey's just really sick <laughs> And then number one, it's got to be number what they ranked number 59, the Detroit Pistons lightning bolt. I had never seen this in my whole life before, but, like, I'm a different man after seeing it. <laughs> like, it's very nice, and I want to, I need to purchase one now. And I was is, surprised I wasn't, did not see an all-purple Lakers jersey on there. Like, what? They ranked the ye- all-yellow number one, but they don't give any love to the purple at all? It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. They had the all white on there, I think, though. Yeah, they, the, they, the had three, they had three other yeah. jerseys of the Lakers, but they didn't put the all all purple. Just confused me. Hunter, but, what are we thinking? My number five jersey was the Atlanta Hawks neon stripe. That's just a sick jersey overall. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. everyone would rock that. The one with Pete Maravich? Yeah. Like, they had, like the green, right? Yeah, the green. Yeah, it's yeah kinda... that one's cool. Um, we're all Buffalo guys, so I had to go Buffalo Braves, baby blue, mm-hmm. cool jersey. The uh, Raptors, black and purple, like Brandon said. Um, the Jazz, purple mountains. That's a, good That's one. a sick jersey. That's a good one. Yeah, That's I forgot about that one. I saw that too. And then uh, my number one was the Miami Vice. Pink one or the yeah. black one? Yeah. Have you seen the pink Miami Vice? The all pink jersey? Yeah. That's tough. So lastly, I'll say mine. Um, these are kind of honestly three of the five I personally have, so that could kind of be why, but number five, I want the Chicago bull script that MJ Warren his rookie year. That might be one of the favorite, like my most favorite jerseys that I own. I just think that one's iconic and I wish that they stayed with that concept. Uh, number four, I went with the supersonics, the space needle one. That one was rated 70. And I think that that's a really cool Jersey. And at the time, those were like the Sean Kemp teams that, yeah. you know, were always pretty relevant uh, in the league. Number three, 
you guys talked about the Buffalo Braves ones. I did the other Buffalo Braves jersey, the diagonal stripe one that the Clippers wore this year. Uh, I've always really, really liked that jersey, and that was rated number 50. Uh, two, the Orlando Magic black pinstripe. I can't remember which one of you said that too, but I really like that one. I'm a big Penny Hardaway guy, and I've had that jersey for a while now. So I think that those teams were pretty fun to watch, and I think it's a good look. That was rated 33. And then lastly, my number one is the one that Al was talking about, the Phoenix Suns uh, 90s jersey, the all-black one with the sun. Uh, that was rated 11, and I find that jersey very very hot <laughs> i think it's so cool but yeah. any other closing thoughts for the first episode guys jersey's the Fine. goat subscribe to bag talk youtube uh yeah, we'll have content thank on that you. soon thank you if you're reading this it's too late it's the name of the first episode yeah that's gonna be the, the title for the first episode but obviously in closing we hope that you guys enjoyed it and look out for more content in the future uh, please give us as much feedback as you would like uh, to make this podcast more enjoyable for you guys. We're going to keep continuing to do what we're doing now. And if you want to um, give us any insight of things that could be changed or things that you like, we'll do that for you guys. With that being said, it's a wrap. Hope that everybody stays healthy through these difficult times and we'll Follow see you on Twitter. <laughs> At Bag Talk.